welcome back to part two of our Where Did You Learn to Behave Like That podcast series. And I am again here with my mother, Sarah. Say hello again. Hello. Hi. Hi, Josh. <laughs> hello. I just realised I haven't said my name yet, have no, I? No. No. Whoops. Uh, yes. Well, um, Josh, nice to meet you, everybody. Um, so in this part, last part, we talked about broadly about what the book is um, about. And in this part, we're going to have a real deep dive into what I think is one of the key themes and challenges of the book and what it explores. And that's around daring to ask and daring to look. So if we kind of take those in, if we split that in two, mm. um, tell us tell us all more about daring to ask and then we'll go into daring mm. daring to look. So daring to ask, take it away. What, mm. What's daring to ask? I dare to ask what's daring to ask. What's daring to ask, <laughs> yeah. So daring to ask is is daring to ask a question of another person, a a leader maybe, um, about their childhood story. And um, this links to uh, part of the rationale for actually writing the book. Um, In my work with coaches over many years, um, I've often found myself in conversations with them where they've expressed uh, real concern about, and fear actually, um, understandable fear about asking a question about the past, um, opening up a memory from the past or um, an experience from the past, um, and that in some way causing harm to the person when that's the last thing that they intend to do. Um, And this plays into this whole um, question that we explored in the last podcast about, you know, are you asking coaches to act as therapists? Mm. And and, and no, I'm I'm not. Um, But I am asking coaches to acknowledge that when we're working with another person that that person's childhood story is in the room with us Mm. it's invisible we can't see it but it is there and it is having an impact and actually even more complex if you like is um or even richer in a way is that not only is that other person's childhood story in the room but the coach's childhood story is in the room too yeah there's this sort of whole invisible reality and um, this whole concern, which I do, I do uh, believe is an understandable concern about causing harm. And I, I think that's very important that we take care. I'm, I'm absolutely not advocating in this book that uh, coaches should suddenly start confronting the people that they're working with about their childhood stories without training, without feeling, uh, having a confidence to do, to do the work and so on, knowing that they're um, they have the skills to be able to do to do the work. Yeah, but I am asking them not to ignore the reality, which is mm. that the childhood story is there and it's it's in the room and it's it's impacting on on the behaviour. Yeah, and I can remember myself actually the first time I asked I asked somebody about overtly about their childhood story, and I think my heart rate was probably at about 180 beats per minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very senior leader. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, it, it wasn't like um, reaching for a question out of a toolkit. It mm. was v- very much in the moment. It was very um, relevant to the behavioral work that I was doing with him. Um, and uh, that anxiety and that increased heart rate, was it was all in me. It wasn't in the other person. Actually, that leader uh, went there. He, he dared to look. I dared to ask, and he dared to look. Mm. He wanted to talk about uh, his childhood story, 
it was relevant in that moment for him to do so. Yeah. And so the book helps you recognize that relevance. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that's what most people, that's what, I think with lots of coaching tools and where, and lots of coaching books is at no point does it have that, you know, kind of teach you how to see the relevance. So when you look at those kind of personality um, matrices and things like that, it, it never talks about how it's not necessarily appropriate to say to someone, you're an introvert mm. or you're a red, mm. those kinds of things. Um, they just become ever present things for mm. coaches and you can never ignore that. Um, and you say, as, you, as we talked about in the last episode and we're talking about again in this one, it's an internal narrative. Mm. It's always there, mm. but the book helps you to recognize when it's relevant to mm. give voice to it, mm. to dare to ask, mm. uh, to dare to ask that question. Because you know it's there. The childhood story is always there. Mm. But when do you dare to ask? Mm. Mm. That's the question, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the book definitely does help with that. Um, it provides a context for for going there, for mm. daring to ask the question. And and um, as you're describing, it also gives indicators about uh, what, what a coach would, would be looking for or um, in, in daring to ask that, that question. Yeah. I think the, so often the block or the barrier to uh, entering this territory is in self. It's in the coach. Yeah. It's... It, I, I, I don't think I've ever. There's never been anyone that has overtly said to me, "No, you know, I'm, I'm, I refuse to answer your question." Mm. Um, it is very much a, um, it's almost like a dance of respect between yeah. the coach or the story guide and the story sharer, around sensing when to when to inquire, when to back off, when to go further, when to perhaps perturb. Um, the other person in some way in order to um, uh, be supportive of them um, in the exploration so I I think um, certainly for myself the block was in me in daring mm. to ask yeah and when I overcame that block um, it became possible and um, and a very in- integrated part of my practice yeah for sure. to dare to ask yeah, and dare, so daring to look then, what's that about? Well, daring to look is 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 daring to take a look at that childhood story and its old internal narrative. Uh, and in podcast one, we talked about the fear, the shame, the embarrassment that there can be around some of our um, shadow behaviour. So this idea about shadow behaviour comes from Jung originally, um, and. Uh, it, it is the the, the behaviour that resides in all of us that we're least proud of, that um, wreaks most havoc um, and has the potential to cause harm. Um, so daring to look at that, it takes some courage. Um, it is challenging and it does take some courage to really look, mm. um, to really look, to really uh, take responsibility for that aspect of ourselves so that we um, can do something about it and, and have that greater command of, of self. Yeah. And I think that's important for everybody. Um, but for leaders in positions of power uh, with responsibilities for tens or hundreds or thousands or even tens of thousands of people, then it's even more important. Yeah. 
Where would you, and I'm listening to you talk, where would you say for a coach who's looking at, you know, using this book as a tool, what, what kind of, what comes first? Do they dare to look at themselves or do they dare to ask themselves and then dare to look? Do you see what I mean? Hmm. Do you get my question? So do, are they, do, uh, is, is the work on self hmm. a precursor to daring to ask others to do the work? Is that your question? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, there, there's not an absolute answer to that question, uh, but one without the other is is a problem, I think. Hmm. Um, so... Um, I would say that um, it's important for coaches to do the work on self, to dare to look at self um, before, during, um, and after, and after <laughs> yeah. daring to ask others to do to do that too. Mm. Um, there's something about it, it. It depends, really. I suppose that 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 um, my my response is coming from a uh, an eth- an ethical view that I hold about the importance of enacting what. I'm espousing as a coach so that that's what's that's what you're hearing in my in my response so I'm not going to ask you as a story sharer to do anything that I'm not willing to also do myself hmm. um, I think that's the that's so key with these things hmm. and with and you know with 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 a model like this or the with childhood story in particular hmm. if you aren't willing to do it hmm. yourself you cannot be a good mm. practitioner, mm. as it were. Mm. Mm. It's a lot to think about, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, in my mind, I've got, I've got. Would I dare? Would, mm. I, would I dare to to ask look or to look to look first? Because mm. um, I think that's the. There must be, and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have anxiety around both those questions you mentioned the first time you dared to ask mm. you had all that anxiety was it the same when you dared to look at yourself um certain parts of um of myself no it, it was it was fairly straightforward i suppose that's the thing to to that's helpful to really be aware of is that um that, that, that it becomes more challenging the deeper we go mm. um so um mostly people like to talk about themselves they like to talk about you know their their most formative experiences and um you know it can be a really enjoyable experience and um and 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 very illuminating um the challenge comes i think when you then start to um explore those more shadow like behaviors that i was Mm. referring to which are the ones that are potentially causing harm in interactions with others cool so let's talk a little bit more about the shadow-like behaviours then. Um, give us a couple of examples of what a shadow behaviour could be or how it could manifest. So there's a high-stakes situation. Mm-hmm. So it might be exterior, so something happening in the exterior context, or it might be something going on inside that nobody else can see, but something's been triggered. Um, and in that moment, um, I might lash out verbally at people around me. Um, that could be, that would be a high stakes reaction, a shadow that, that would be an example of a shadow behavior. So to lash out, start ordering people about, you know, behaving out of, out of character in a way. Mm. So it's usually where, well, what's going on there? Like, why why is she all of a sudden reacting like that? It's, that's not like her. 
you're onto something there around the shadow behavior. Another example might be that um, the person completely abandons just at the moment when the team needs them to to be present. Yeah. And that might be literal, they might walk out, but they might actually be sitting in the room and yet just become silent. Mm. Uh, and that is also a shadow, a shadow behavior. Person starts trying to fix everything, like solve everything, mm. fix, fix, fix. We've got to find a fix for this and for that and for that and for that and for that. That can, and in quite an aggressive way, that can also be um, an example of shadow behavior. Would you sort of maybe lump and things I've kind of experienced, and I'd like to sort of get your um, get your take on it. Um, removing responsibility from teams. Yes, absolutely. So, um, like, you know, giving yeah. a task out and then claiming it back in a high-stakes situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and um, and when you're on the receiving end of that, you might make up all sorts of um, stories about or narratives about um, why that's happening. Mm. You know, he doesn't trust me. Um, he doesn't think I'm any good at my job. Um, da 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 da. Yeah. That will play into into that person's charter story in their old internal narrative mm. when actually it's there's a high, there's something going on for that other person you know that has led you know they are in high stakes and it's led to them removing the work from you it's not about you it's about them yeah and so they then create high stakes for me exactly and then i create high stakes for the rest of my team or yeah. i might create high stakes for my family yeah. back home because yeah. of you're stressed yeah stressed absolutely yeah yeah see <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew it i knew it i knew that was what was going on there <laughs> yeah and the great thing about structural dynamics and childhood story work mm. is that it gives a way to uh, make all of that visible so that uh, and, and and name it um so that we can work with it and change it yeah and the book helps us do that yeah yeah Putting that kind of, and that's what's I think that's what's, what's so important about it, is it 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 highlights that so that you don't create that knock on. I mean, it might still happen mm. the knock on effect, but you know it's happening. Yes. And at that point, someone can say if they dare to dare to ask mm. up the chain or yes. across across the organisation yes. to say, you know, we've done all this work, we've recognised that, let's dare to look yes at what's causing this hmm. and that's it's, it's brilliant isn't it and the way that you might do that is through a simple question like where did you learn to behave like that yeah i, I, I love the title have i ever said how much i love the title i don't think so <laughs> no, I, really, I really do love it because it does i think that's it's one of its best lessons is on the first page mm. It's where did you learn to behave like that? And it is that fundamental question, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a, it's asked in a completely neutral way. So mm. mor- morally neutral. So no judgment. It's just, it's a genuine inquiry. Mm. Where did you learn to behave like that? Where did we, eh? Mm. <laughs> you should probably buy the book to find out at www.dialogics.co.uk forward slash shop. So I think that's what we've got time for for this episode. Um... Thank you so for, so much for listening. As I say, pick up your copy now. I hope you're enjoying the podcast series. This was part two. 